Hello, you guys. Welcome or welcome back to my podcast. I hope you're all doing amazing and you're having an amazing day. I sure am. I literally just woke up from a nap and I feel like super refreshed. I will rarely nap, but I swear whenever I do, it just hits so good. I like to do an hour tops because if you do more than that, you literally feel like you wasted the entire day. But when I tell you my eyes were literally burning from how tired I was this evening, I just had to. I had to close my eyes. But you have to make it short. If you make it long, it's like game over, days over. You're gonna wake up not knowing where you are, what time it is, like whose house you are in. Gotta keep them short and sweet. And I don't know what that means. It probably means I have low sugar levels, but whenever I wake up from a nap, I crave something sweet. Like it's, I need to have something sweet immediately. It's currently 7 p.m. on a Friday and my plans for the night is literally nothing. What is new? Actually, I'm going to dinner with my husband and then we're probably gonna come back and watch a show or something. Yesterday, we watched an incredible movie. We watched this movie called Where the Crawdads Sing. I swear. Such an incredible, amazing movie. If you have not watched it, you absolutely need to. I'm a big crier. Like if a movie is like 1% emotional, I am bawling my eyes out. I cry in literally 90% of movies that are like a little bit emotional. And my husband always makes fun of me because he will literally turn around and see me like bawling my eyes out or something that's like not even sad. But I thought it was such a well-casted and well-shot movie. Definitely watch this if you haven't. Add it to your list. I also finished The Murdoch Murders on Netflix. It was so interesting to watch it and then actually watch the trial and see how everything goes down. I was 100% sure he wasn't going to get jail time just because he's so well connected, which obviously he did it. He deserves to be in jail. But I literally read in a tweet that they basically had one of the Murdochs like framed in the courthouse and they had to take it down for the trial to go on because obviously it's so unfair. It's just crazy how everything went down and everyone involved. And then I was looking deep into the conspiracy TikToks about like maybe he made someone do this because when the police arrived, he was like, Paul, why did you have to get involved? So maybe he did pay someone to, you know, kill the wife and then his son got involved and you know what happened. People like this, they think they're above the law. They think they're better than anyone. They think they can get away with shit, but like, nope, you, your ass is in jail and your ass is going to be in jail for the rest of your life. I don't care how much money you got. I don't care how many connections you got. If you're doing something wrong, you need to be in jail. Same with his son. He did not deserve to die. Nobody deserves to die, but of course he needed to go to jail for killing Mallory. I felt so, so sad for her parents and her friends and her boyfriend. It was tragic. And it's crazy to also see how recent everything was. It was like 2019. So it was like they had Snapchat and all that stuff. I feel like we're used to seeing trials that were like 10, 20 years ago. And that was so recent. Generally troubled kids, troubled parents. I don't believe like terrible kids like that are born. They're definitely raised. And that was definitely a troubled family as a whole. Also, why the hell did they keep calling him Alec Murdoch? But like when they spelled his name, it was Alex Murdoch. It did not make sense. Everyone's names sounded like they were made up. And we need justice served for Stephen Smith. Obviously, someone killed him. I don't know if it was the family, someone from the family, someone involved, but something is fishy with that case and it needs to be investigated ASAP. But yeah, I get very into shows like that. When I watch a show like that, like I need to do a full investigation. I go read all the tweets. I go watch all the TikToks. I read all the comments. I need to know what everyone else is thinking. And it's crazy to think what is happening in the rest of the world. It's just crazy. Other than that, I've had a very productive day. I woke up in the morning. I had a really good workout. I then headed to the sauna and the steam, which was just chef's kiss. I've started implementing going to the steam and the sauna about two times a week after my workout. And I just like to play a meditation or just like very chill songs. Like today I was listening to Lauren Hill. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill is one of the best albums ever made. They're just like 
like to close my eyes. It's just like a safe space for me. And I like to do five minutes in the steam, 10 minutes in the sauna, which is such an amazing mood booster. It just makes me feel so much better. And then I went home and I had an everything shower, which if you know, you know, it takes literally 40 minutes for my life. And then I feel like exhausted afterwards. I don't know what it is, but I am just like ready to go to bed. But it was like 10 a.m. So I had another coffee. I usually never have two coffees in a day, but I was like, I just need the caffeine. I need the boost. Had another coffee, then had some green tea, worked. And when I say worked, I mean respond to my emails, talk with my management, create content, fill in deadlines, talk to brands, and then film some more content. And it was like 5 p.m. I was like, I need a nap. After two coffees, and I never have like more than one coffee usually. And I swear it's the weather. And I literally have not seen the sun for like three weeks. So whenever the weather's like that, I just get so fatigued. I just feel like this needs to be spoken about more, how the weather does affect your mood, not seeing the sun, and how much it like depletes you. So now I'm back in action. I feel very, very energized. And I wanted to do another Q&A and answer more questions because there were many amazing questions from last week's Q&A that I wanted to respond this week. Let's start with the first one I'm reading right now, which is how to know if someone's right for you. They are good to you. You don't find yourself crying at night. They don't do you wrong. They're not playing games. They're straight up. They bring out the best version of yourself. You feel like you can be yourself around them, never having to hide parts of who you are. And you just have fun. This might be a little controversial, but like also your friends really like them and your family likes them. Because I know some people are like, I don't care if my family likes my partner. I just need to like my partner. And I agree with that. But you know, when your parents and friends like him, it's just like even more evidence. He just feels right in your tummy. You just feel butterflies. Also very calm at the same time. You feel secure in their relationship. And I know that feeling insecure in a relationship doesn't necessarily mean that they're not the right person. You could be just bringing baggage from an old relationship that made you have those trust issues. But I think you know that they're right for you when they're not giving you a reason for you to not think that they're not. I'm a big believer in like not playing games. Like if you like me, you'll show me you like me. If you want to see me, you'll tell me that you want to see me. I am not reading anyone's mind. And I tell this to my friends all the time. If you have to guess if he likes you, if you have to keep guessing, if he's into you and he's not, because you having to guess all the time is not fair to you. So immediately assume that they're not. If they want to talk to you, they would. If they want to be with you, they would. If they want to make things work, they would. Don't let things be one-sided ever. It's just not healthy. It's not fair. And if they're not meeting your standard, then goodbye. Never ever lower your standards for another man. If you want a relationship and he's like, oh, I just like, I'm not looking for anything serious. Don't then lower your standards in order to fit their little box that they want to put you in. If you're looking to get married, to have kids and they don't want that, bye-bye. You're not going below of what you want. What you want is what you want. You're not going below for anyone. They're only meeting you there or above. Nothing below ever. And if they can't, bye-bye, sir. Goodbye. See you later. There's plenty of men that will. Trust me. I feel like I totally went on a tangent right now and I went a little bit off topic, but you know, it's just, it's the same advice around the same topic. How to deal with judgy friends and family when you're getting a nose job. When I got my nose job, like both my husband and my mom and my sisters were like, why are you doing this? Don't do this. Your nose is perfect. Yada, yada. And I didn't listen to them at all. I was like, why should I listen to you when it's something that has to do with my own body? I'm paying for it 100% myself. It's none of your business. I'm not doing it to please you or my husband or to look a certain way that you want me to look. I'm doing this for myself because I want to change something about myself. It's 100% my body and I'll do whatever I want. And the only thing I really need from you is just your support while I'm doing this, while this is happening because it is intense. And if you're not willing to do that, then that's fine. I'm still going to do this on my own. And then everyone was like, okay, do whatever you want. We just want you to be 
happy. But when you know you're doing something for yourself, you shouldn't require anyone else's acceptance. You're doing this for yourself and they honestly don't even need to be on board. It's a very, very personal thing. And you could say the only thing I ask for you is your love and mental support to be there for me during this difficult time because recovery is not easy at all. And you do want to have your friends and family just to be there to support you mentally. What is the best way to apologize to your partner when you're experiencing a moody period? Wait, does that mean like during your like period or just like a period of life? I'm going to take this as like when you're on your period because I swear I feel like this is a universal thing. We tend to, you know, be a little bit rude to our partners when it's that time of the month. I'm guilty of that as well. My temper is just like very, very, very short. I like to catch myself in the middle of it. I like to immediately catch myself when I'm being rude or, you know, a little bit abrasive and immediately cut it and apologize. Sometimes I'll like, I let a couple minutes go by and I'm like, I'm sorry for saying that. I'm sorry for acting like that. I feel like a lot of people have big egos and nowadays, you know, they don't like to apologize, but I think it's such a crucial part of a relationship. And I was like that. I would like, did not like to apologize at all. Did not want to admit that I was wrong. But truly in order to have a successful relationship, you have to learn to apologize. You have to own your shit. When you say something rude, when you're acting out, just be like, take some moments for yourself, regain, you know, your calmness and just be like, I'm so sorry I said that. I did not mean it. I'm on my period. I'm overly sensitive and I say stuff I don't mean. And that's it. I'm sorry. And I do believe he's going to appreciate that. He's going to see, look, she's apologizing. She's owning her shit. And that's it. Let's let's put it past us. I get so moody whenever I'm on my period. So I totally, totally see where you're coming from. And I know exactly how you feel. How to break up with someone you love. If you love them, then maybe don't break up with them. Unless they did something horrible to you, then definitely do that. I don't know. That's really hard. I've never been in the position breaking up with someone I really love. For me, by the time I break up with someone, my relationship with them has been over in my mind for a while. Like they might have done me dirty a little bit and that for me is like the biggest ick and then I'll just like cut them off. And by the time that happens, the feelings are not even close to being as strong as they used to be. Advice for long distance relationships. Oh man, that is tough. Long distance is not easy at all. And kudos to you for being able to do this because I know a lot of people, including myself, like I don't know if I'll be able to do it. It's difficult and there needs to be deep love. There needs to be, you know, mutual respect for each other always, of course, in any relationship. But I think my number one tip for long distance relationships is have a date set for when you're going to meet up next. So whenever you're texting, whenever you're talking, you always have something to look forward to. Even if it's a month or two months away, you have that date booked and you know that it is coming. I would actually suggest that you have, you know, like the whole year basically planned where, you know, one time you go see him, one time he comes to you. So it's like you have all the tickets booked. It'll actually probably be a lot cheaper to book them in advance and you have the whole year. So even when they're leaving, you're like, goodbye, but I know I'm going to see you again in a month or in two months, whenever the next time is. Never go a long time without seeing each other, which again, very difficult when it comes to plane tickets and all that is very expensive, but really, really try and have dates set where you can meet each other, maybe meet each other in the middle so it's cheaper. Also, I feel like make sure you say your good nights at night, your good mornings in the day, maybe take one day of the week and have like a date where you both cook and you FaceTime for hours and drink wine and talk and it feels like an actual date to just try and keep the, the relationship exciting. A lot of phone sex, I guess, FaceTime, whatever the kids are doing nowadays. And if it works for you, it works for you and it's an amazing way to 
both have a relationship and also have your own space and do your own thing and be very independent. There's a lot of pros and there's a lot of cons as with every single relationship. You got this and I'm rooting for you guys. What to do with obsessing over that one girl he had a thing with? We have all been there where we're stalking the Instagram and we're looking at all the likes and all that stuff. But you have to remind yourself, he is with you for a reason. If you wanted to be with her, he would be with her, but he's choosing you for a reason. Whatever they had is in the past, it is done, means absolutely nothing to the present. He was a different version of himself when he was with her. You know, he's grown since then. He's with you now. He doesn't even think about her. You probably think about her more than he thinks about her. And they had their own shit. Who knows? Maybe their relationship was toxic. Maybe they both treated each other horribly. They weren't good for each other. And that's why it's in the past. You do not know that. You only see the perfect photos on Instagram that we all know is very, very far from the truth. It doesn't show their heart. It doesn't show what happened with each other. It doesn't show anything about them, their personality, nothing. You just see photos. You just have to remind yourself, he chose you. There is no competition because the last thing you want to do is compete with any other girl. Don't have any negative feelings toward her because it's not worth it. You're only depleting your precious, golden, incredible energy. And instead of spending that energy towards your amazing relationship, you're spending it towards that person that just doesn't matter and has nothing to do with your relationship. How to have a healthy relationship with food. I feel like that is such a loaded question and I could literally dedicate a whole episode on that question. But it's about looking at food as fuel, as something delicious and not attaching feelings towards food. For example, sometimes when I'm stressed, I turn to food. So having to change that relationship with food where it's not something where I turn to when I'm stressed or I feel rejected or I feel anxious, it's there to fuel my body and help me move my body in the best way possible. Stopping myself when I am being, you know, restrictive with my diet or restrictive with food and just look at food as something to fuel me. It's there to help my body do its thing. Of course, I'm going to try and choose nutritious things, but also I'm not going to limit myself to just nutritious things. If I'm craving a pizza, I'm going to have a pizza. Not restraining myself when it comes to food, I feel like, is also a big thing. And also a very, very big lesson I am still learning to this day is it's okay to leave food on the plate and stopping to eat when you're not hungry anymore. I was raised with you have to eat your entire plate of food or else like you're not going to play. And I grew up with that guilt when when I started living on my own and I was cooking food. I was eating every single thing I was making because I felt so guilty leaving any food on my plate or throwing food out, which made me overeat. So also stopping to eat when I'm I'm full. So it's kind of like intuitive eating and it just works for me. I just need to be very in tune with my body and you know, check in with my body when I'm eating, being like, am I full now? Can I stop or should I keep going? And if the answer is, I'm not full, I could keep going. I just keep going. I don't believe in diets. I don't believe in any of that stuff. Just trying to eat what I want when I want it. And this is giving me the best results as well. Whenever I try to do crazy diets or something like that, it just, it's never worked for me. But of course, a therapist, someone who is an expert on topics like that is probably going to give you a lot better, a lot better advice than I just did. I'm 17 and I feel like I'm behind like boys wise. Oh my god, you are not behind at all. You do not need to rush when it comes to boys. Not one bit. I was the last one out of my entire friend group to like ever do something with a guy, even kiss a guy. I was the last person and they made fun of me. They did say things and make comments that made me feel shitty, but I was like, I just don't feel ready and that's it. And I had sex when I felt ready with the right person that ended up being like my long-term boyfriend and it was, it was great. I mean, not the actual sex part the first time. It was like a little weird and not that great, but 
but you know, my experience was great overall. And I'm definitely happy I waited for the right person to come along instead of just like having sex with a random guy from my school just because I felt pressure. This is not the age to experiment. This is not the age to be doing things with boys, in my opinion. The age starts once you get into college and like you get to have fun and do your thing and date and that's when the fun really happens. At least for me. Not in high school. High school, you're there to just like go to school and stuff. You're still a baby. You're still growing up. You have so much growing up to do. There's nothing to rush about. And I swear, it might not make sense to you right now and you might be like, oh my god, what is she saying? What is she talking about? I know I need to do stuff because all my friends are doing it, but you're gonna thank me one day because high school hookups are stupid. Boys in high school tend to be very mature and you waiting is only gonna enhance that experience later on in life. I had my first kiss when I was like 16, which I think is kind of late for kiss, but I don't regret it. There's no rush. There's no right time for any of that stuff. So do not worry about it one bit. Do's and don'ts for mental health. Again, could do a whole episode on this, but I was thinking about this today and, you know, when my mental health is being affected by things like the weather or this and that. But my main job is to do what I can in order to make this the most productive day possible and a day where I can be as happy as I possibly can be. Meaning, wake up early, have my green juice, drink my coffee while I journal, which definitely helps my mental health. I write down my affirmations. I remind myself of who I am, who I'm meant to be. I work out. I meditate. I take my supplements. I try and eat nutritious food that helps my mental health. I'm doing what I can on my side to be good, to feel good. Also, a big part is therapy. Do not ever skip therapy. I started becoming a better version of myself and started truly understanding myself once I went to therapy for a while. And then when I get angry or sad or frustrated or jealous, I know exactly where it's coming from and why I feel the way I feel. Understanding myself has been a huge part of me improving my mental health. And of course, I know therapy is very, very expensive. So if you can't afford it, definitely explore that option. And at least at the end of the day, if you're struggling with your mental health, you know you've done your part. You've gone to therapy, you've worked out, you've done your steps, you've taken your supplements, you've taken care of yourself, you've done your skincare. You know that at least you've done the best you could do. What's your favorite affordable jewelry brand? You guys know I'm obsessed with jewelry. I love wearing a ton of jewelry every single day. And I think my favorite place to shop for jewelry is Etsy. They have really affordable stuff. They also have very expensive stuff, which I like. So when I want to get something pricey, I can buy it from them. And I'm not buying from, you know, a big brand that's just charging me a lot just because it's a big brand. I'm supporting small businesses at the same time. But also other companies that I really love are Avery Jewels. The Perfect Hoop has really cute hoop earrings. Croya Jewelry is also very cute. I really want to get some stuff from Majuri. I've never shopped from there. So let me know if it's good because I always see people wearing them and they look really cute. How do you take care of yourself during times of high stress and very little free time? The best way to take care of yourself in times like these is to find peace in those small moments you get of free time. So one of my favorite ways to relax is do a meditation shower. So whenever I'm taking a normal shower like I normally would, I just imagine myself and all the stress just like leaving my body as I shower. Feel the water hitting my shoulders and my body and with it my stress just like leaving. In the meantime, I like to play meditation music in the background and try and visualize the stress just like exiting my body. It sounds very woo-woo, but I swear it works. Or when I'm doing my skincare and my makeup while I'm getting ready for work, I like to listen to a self-help podcast or again, a getting ready meditation. Something that will really put me in the right headspace. Multitasking. Even when I go to bed, I'll like play some healing music. And I do think it helps in a subconscious level. Even when you're sleeping, it does something to you. 
taking any free time you have to just try and stay present. Start naming things you're really grateful for. And whenever you feel really anxious, just ground yourself using your breath. I did that the other day. I was like about to have a panic attack and I was very, very stressed. And I had to remind myself that the only thing I'm in charge of right now is my breath. And trying to regulate my breath is what really kept me sane and kept me relaxed and not, you know, have a panic attack. So having all of those tools and, you know, the more you know, the better you perform is what is really going to help you in days where you feel very stressed and you have no free time. It truly is all about the little tools you have that's going to help you. In my opinion, it is just what's helped me in the past. I feel like I've answered enough questions. I love, love, love doing this style videos. I'm excited to take the rest of the weekend off to just relax and do me. Deep clean the house. I'm ready for like a deep spring cleaning. Even though spring is 10 days away, I wish it could come sooner, honestly. But I'm ready for like a fresh start. Anyways, I hope you guys are having an amazing day whenever, wherever you're listening to this. And I can't wait to speak to you again all next week. I love you.